0: BBCC Episode Forty Eight. My realization of the day. My feelings towards these films are like the tonal whiplash of this franchise. It surprises me at every turn. I find myself battling with my emotions, just like Evil Ash, laughing deliriously and throwing myself around the room. Let's go ahead and get into the next entry of the Evil Dead franchise.
1: Hello.
0: Yes, 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 y'all. Hello, hello. It's your boy Devon Taylor here, aka Underscore Daddy Disco, on Twitter and Instagram. And this is the Bloy Blunt Cinema Club, where we mainly deal with subgenre and franchises within the horror genre. Um, usually we'll have a month dedicated to a subgenre. But this month, uh, for Spooky Season, we are tackling the Evil Dead franchise. And we are in. uh, We are taking on Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn, noted in some posters and some other stuff. But um, Evil Dead Two is what we're talking today, and um, I'm very excited for this episode because um, I always appreciate when I get to do episodes in person. And my next guest is sitting in my living room. They're not on a Zoom screen, and that's super nice. Um, He has actually. He, he's been on the show before, but you guys haven't heard it yet. Um, covering another franchise, actually. Um, he has an episode in the Final Destination uh, saga that you will hear about next month. But joining me for Evil Dead 2 today is a film critic with his very own YouTube channel and I would say growing horror enthusiast as, as you've been
1: picking it up over the past few years, Mr. Garrett McDowell. Devon, I'm here in person. Canonically, this is the first time I've been on the show. Uh, yes. <laughs> since that episode has not come out yet, I'm here with my, uh, I've got horror-like Halloween socks on You do on got today. spooky socks on today. Yeah, um, but in regards to the growing horror fan, been a horror fan my whole life, but there are pockets that I've, uh, mm-hmm. I've not uh, ventured into. We we're talking about off, off uh, air a little bit here hellraiser one i've been diving into recently and it seems like each halloween season i've been like picking a franchise that there's just like oh i've never seen this part five mm-hmm. whatever series so i've been diving into this but evil dead is one that i've been a fan of for a long time here uh and i was when i first started watching it, it was like oh that guy who made spider-man made some other movies too cool i'll check them out yeah uh, but nothing can prepare you uh for the insanity that is this series
0: yeah, and I mean, the only reason I say growing is because I feel like over the years, it's like just more noticeable, uh, your sure. appreciation for, for horror. And I don't know if that is because you're like kind of filling in some of those gaps and yeah. uh, diving into different corners that you, you know didn't know about before. But like, you know, you're you're letting your, your inner freak show. Yeah. I and mean, I appreciate it.
1: Uh, I am uh, younger than you and I feel like it is. Typical that when you're like, you know, getting into to, to movies and getting into, you know, when you're of that age, for me, it was like 13 ish kind of age. Uh, whether it's classics or indies or whatever, I feel like you're always going to cover the big stuff. Mm-hmm. You're always going to watch, you know, w- with horror, it's going to be like The Exorcist or, you know, uh, the first Friday the 13th or the first Nightmare on Elm Street or any of those other, like, big tentpole kind of horror movies. But as, you know, I've gotten older, I've, you know, explored other countries and other, you know, K-horror and Japanese horror mm-hmm. and other classic horror and, you know, uh, really exploring those others uh, those other areas. And, you know, Evil Dead is definitely Left a, a pretty big thumbprint on uh, a lot of stuff that came after it, which we, you know, we may discuss here.
0: Yeah. Um, so in the um, previous episode, we got into uh, the original Evil Dead and um, talked about kind of its impact from that it had on, you know, low budget uh, guerrilla filmmaking. And then um, this one, um, you know, we'll get into more is. Um, you know, the uh, an evolution of, you know, I think Sam Raimi is a director more mm-hmm. and then also uh, Bruce Campbell and really kind of solidifying like, you know, what what the core of this franchise really is. Sure. Um. But yeah, we'll get into that here in a minute. But before that, um, just because I mean, not that not that Evil Dead franchise isn't like doesn't feel very spooky season. I mean, it does. I mean, A Cabin in the Woods feels kind of fall-esque, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. But in terms of like, you know, what you like to watch during October as far as, um, you know, whether you have a yearly tradition or just uh, one that is a newer addition to your um very spooky
1: season list. So what do you got for me? Yeah, so each Halloween season, I always make it a point to watch as many Uh, new to me horror movies so I I always have a list Uh, and typical on brand for me I'm behind this year uh, so I need to catch up a little bit but I always towards the end of the the, towards the end of the month try to fill out um, some of that time uh, revisiting some old favorites of course you're going to have John Carpenter's Halloween always watch that on Halloween but another one that I uh, watch every year is uh, 1959's House on Haunted Hill Mm. um, the Vincent Price movie um, it is so fun and silly and it's just such a such this like glorious kind of tongue in cheek, you know, classic. Oh, you, you've got these strangers. They're in this this mansion and there's ghosts and skeletons and witches. And it's just like it's very synthesized, like that Halloween kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got everything that you'd want, including uh, Vincent Price, who is like the absolute king. He's the best.
0: Yeah, um, definitely love um that that 99 House on Haunted Hill Might talk it on the show at some point I've never
1: seen it so that'd be interesting to visit Yeah I haven't seen that one
0: Oh, you're talking the original, original. yeah, 1959. Ah, Vincent I thought Price. you said I thought you said 99 no, because that's, that's the remake year. Is 99? No, I'm talking to
1: OG, the black and white one mm. with Vincent Price. Yeah.
0: Yes, um, I would say that it's one of my um, one of my favorite Vincent Price performances. Yeah. Um, he just seems to be having a really good time and like um, he's you know,
1: perfect for that.
0: Role really, too. yeah, really getting that balance of you know like you're, he's charming, but at the same time like he's very uh, maniacal and very mysterious. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. mysterious, like yeah. a very fun performance. Um, but yeah, you should also watch the 99 version. I have to give it a whirl. If it's, it's anything
1: else like the other horror movies that came out in the 90s, it's probably pretty ridiculous to I mean, <laughs> it,
0: I can I can pretty much boil it down. Are you a fan of the
1: 2001-13 Ghosts? Haven't seen that one either. So that, there's more of like the examples of a growing <laughs> horror fan. But gee, we talked about that last time I was here. I we think need, we did, yeah. Yeah,
0: I, you need to double... You need a double double feature. feature. Is that a good double feature? Yes.
1: Thirteen Ghosts and House on a Haunted Hill. Yeah, it was.
0: They were both Dark Castle remakes of you know movies from the fifties. Interesting. Um, they both have very similar tone. If it it has the betterness of um, you know what the two thousands were known for with like the sure the shifty editing and like the uh, the m- kind of music like metal music video aesthetic almost. Yeah. Um, but they're also very tongue in cheek, fun, goofy, but like bombastic. Like, because like the set designs are fantastic and people giving campy performances. Um, both of them are great for their own reasons. Uh, 13 Ghosts is a bit scarier versus sure. House on Haunted Hill is a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, as, as far the as original. like a. Yeah. yeah so um, definitely double feature them. I've actually watched 13 Ghosts twice in the past two weeks inadvertently. <laughs> it's it has got it the brain. <laughs> I love that movie. I watched it at the bar, and then I also... Um Watched it here at home because I didn't have Wi-Fi for a hot minute, and that's the only Blu-ray I have. I currently. love the idea
1: that there's like customers at the bar, and they're like trying to get your attention, pulling on your shirt, and you're like, shh, 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 "This is good part. This is shut up, shut up." I, I, <laughs> like I do have, the movie. I do have that happen quite often
0: because as lo- if a Dodgers game's not playing, I'm putting a scary movie on, like yeah. always. And Even like, if so the
1: Dodgers game is playing, you're turning it off and putting on Thirteen Ghosts. Everybody. <laughs> I, oh man, I wish I
0: could remember what it was. I had something on the other day, and it was the first time I've had a request. To turn it off, oh, (laughs) like usually, usually people are are always like, even if it's something a little bit more violent or bloody, occasionally, and I'll I'll save those for late night, you know, yeah. But I had something on. And they were like, Hey,
1: can you like turn something else on, please? Yeah. And I was like, okay. I would take that personally. I would be like, I put this on myself. This is handpicked by the bartender. So no. <laughs> you can go to a different bar. <laughs> it was
0: it was pretty funny. Um, but most of the time people are like, Yeah, yeah, this is I'm I'm all good with sure. this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so definitely check those out. Um a spooky movie season recommendation for me. Um, oh and by the way there's also a whole 13 episodes a uh, uh, 13 ghosts episode oh, you can a... listen to the podcast we um we'll we... be a triple
1: feature house on haunted hill 13 ghosts and then the bloody blunts cinema club episode yeah that.
0: we we talk the movie and then we also rank our favorite ghosts because they all have uh intricate backstories that is only found oh, on so it's
1: like ghostbusters style there's like the, the one that eats the librarian <laughs> yes fun yes so
0: uh go back and listen to that episode Yeah, for sure and then to plug another episode uh last october we did talk the halloween franchise and me and garrett were talking the halloween franchise uh Off air just a little bit ago, Um, you had just seen Halloween Kills, which will be coming out pretty soon, Mm -hmm. and um, it got me talking about um, my favorite of the Halloween sequels, that is, you know, just any of them that aren't the original 78, would be the 1981 Halloween 2. You know, I feel like people, now that Halloween 2018 happened, I feel like nobody talks about Halloween 2 anymore, and it was my first time watching it last year. And y'all, please go watch that movie. It's the only other good sequel in this entire franchise. If you yeah. claim to like 4, 5, and 6, which I feel like everybody's a liar if they do say they like those movies... <laughs> They're, they're not good. Like, defend them all you want.
1: They're not good. Halloween 2 was actually <laughs> my first introduction to Halloween. Not because I had watched it first, um, but my dad had it on DVD. And mm. I remember seeing, when I was too young to watch it, I remember seeing the spine and that cover. It's got a really unique cover with like yeah. the skull on the pumpkin and everything. And you could see like Michael in the shadows on the spine or on the back or whatever. And I just remember being young and not knowing what it was and just being like, what is this? And my dad's like, you are not allowed to watch that because <laughs> you're like eight years old.
0: <laughs> you know, and that's a good, uh, that's a good entry into the franchise because it's great. You saw the DVD version apparently a lot of people saw that one on TV and apparently the TV edit of this movie is like terrible. Sure. But if you watch the actual like theatrical version, um, it, it, it just apparently a lot of people saw it on tv versus right. seeing the theatrical one yeah. um and like john carpenter doesn't like it like he he only wrote on that one he didn't direct it but like he even like talked shit on it. he's like ah, i really didn't want to do it i still don't like it really yeah i think it's really really great like there's not many horror movies that take place literally the same night that the, the first the one happened like yeah. i mean it picks up literally 10 minutes later yeah. from the first halloween yeah. And I love that. It and the movie has this like really interesting sense of urgency to it in contrast to you know the more slowly paced sure. first one. Um yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Halloween 2, uh definitely go check it out. Go check it out and then listen to me and uh, Nolan Dean, we talked about the entire Halloween franchise. Oh, awesome. Yeah. In Nolan's like a, great. Yeah. And like a mega episode. So that go back fun. and uh, check that one out from last October. Shout out to Nolan. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> to Nolan. So, um, but I would say we are nice and warmed up to go ahead and dive back into the Necronomicon with our next entry in the franchise. Hulk! Evil Dead 2, released in 1987, written and directed by Sam Raimi um, with Scott Spiegel on a co write for this one. Um, and it came out six years after the original. And it's, it's interesting because it's it's not like a, a, a reboot, but it's not a sequel per se either. It's almost like kind of like a, I would call it like an equal. It happens simultaneously with the first one, and I'll explain uh, here in a minute. Sure. This, th- this episode is where you're going to get a lot of my tin hat uh, <laughs> theories on how this franchise uh, the continuity and timeline works. Yeah, that's what you're gonna hear a lot about in this episode. So hold that thought for a minute. <laughs> but um, it, but in it kind of feels that way. It pretty much feels as if Sam Raimi he got more money. He had a little bit more uh filmmaking experience under his belt since making the first one, and he basically got to redo the first one in a sense. And kind of give people more of what they seem to like more from yeah. the first one, which was like more of the humor, uh, more, um, you know, like franticness to it, um, things like that. And he originally wanted to do um, his, you know, medieval time travel sequel, which right. he would get to do after this one with Army of Darkness. But that was put, that's what he wanted to do for two. But then the uh, producer said, uh, we want to be closer to the first sure. movie yeah and so he said, You know what, whatever? I'm just gonna make the first movie again just better, yeah or, or well. Is it better? At least <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Garrett, uh, your thoughts on Evil Dead 2.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that you had Sam Raimi who came back and was like, All right, guys, the first one was a success. I want to make another one, but set in medieval times. And he's going to fight a bunch of skeletons with swords. <laughs> uh, and the producers were like, Actually, what if you just did the same thing that you already did? And he was like, All right, I'll just make it, you know, a little bit more flavor, a little bit more spice there. Um, but this uh, was. I think Evil Dead 2 was always the one that I had heard about more as opposed to mm-hmm. the uh, the first one. And it wasn't until I had seen the Fede Alvarez Evil, uh, Evil Dead that I went back and revisited the old ones. Uh, in the first one, it's weird watching them very close to one another because you watch the first one. And mm-hmm. it's fun with it with all of its um, you know lovely bruises and everything. And then the second one, watching it like immediately after, you're like, oh, I I just watched this, um, but it's absolutely turned up to eleven. Uh, every time I I see this movie, I'm almost reminded how completely bonkers it is. Like it's really, uh, it's like it you know j- drank a bunch of Red Bull and did a line of cocaine, and like that's the version of the movie. And it's 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 great to see Sam Raimi like uh, a really. Unabridged version of Sam Raimi and mm-hmm. see him not necessarily um, as as abbreviated as maybe we've seen in some of the other movies, or you know went on to do Spider Man, and you see glimpses of that Sam Raimi and Spider Man, particularly uh, in the second movie with that great ho- uh, that great hospital scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but this really just feels like this completely unfiltered raw. Sam Raimi, which is why I think a lot of the fans have much more of an appreciation for this movie as opposed to the first one, because the first one, you get that sense of budget and, you know, lack of resources, where mm-hmm. with this one, he's got a bit more of backing behind him and was really able to let loose and just kind of do whatever he wanted to do, and it, it really shows up on screen.
0: Yeah, it's like, I feel like with the first one, it's like you you saw the glimpses of, you know, what was going to kind of come in this one, probably what he wanted to do originally, but like you said, with the the lack of resources, so it's like uh, I I want to do more of this. I, I want to give you more blood. I want to give yeah. you more goop. Oh, like,
1: you get lots of more goop. It, <laughs> it's, lots it's of a more goopy goop. Movie. <laughs> more different
0: colors of goop in this one. Um, we get it all. But like you could tell, he like kind of wanted that in the first one, and then just like again, didn't have quite the resources, didn't quite have the the talent just yet, you know, to make some of these things yeah. happen. And you can definitely tell, like. Uh, yeah, he got to indulge a little bit more in this one, sure. And so, so here's what what, what my theory is with I'm ready. the way that this whole thing works, and then this. So, Hit in me. in in my brain, <laughs> and and this is without watching Ash versus the Evil Dead, which I'm gonna have to find time to at least watch the first season. A lot of people love it. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch at least the first season just to see if my theory. Plays out, or if it makes more sense. Okay. Um, um, May Leets on on her Nick's Fears YouTube channel has a theory about the franchise. It's kind of similar to to hers, but I didn't rewatch the video, so I can't really compare <laughs> them yet. Is it? It's a longer video, and I'm gonna rewatch it. Um, because it her her theory plays more into Army of Darkness. Yeah. While mm-hmm. my theory pertains more to this movie, so what i think is so at the end of the first one right yes. um it ends with the evil dead shot going through the house coming out of the woods right. and attacks on a freeze frame of bruce campbell yes and that that ends the movie right yes. yes and then so this movie picks up seemingly like exactly the way that the first one did drive into the cabin except it's just him and linda yeah and so 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 my theory is at the end of evil dead 1 ash gets knocked out by the evil dead like in that moment gets knocked out so this movie is ash dreaming reliving the events that just happened in the first one Mm -hmm. but he's reliving those events and it's more exaggerated uh than he remembers it's not it's not quite exactly what happened sure but it is a lot of the same stuff that happened yeah And it's this is where we get a different version of Ash. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk in the in the last episode about how that version of Ash is like not the Ash that everybody's used to. Like everybody thinks of the iconic lines and the performance, like, you know, with the physical comedy and, you know, what he really puts himself through in this movie. That's what people think about. You know, I mean, people do think about the first one. Mm hmm but not as much and like this is like more the version of Ash that everyone's familiar with this version and the army of darkness right. version. Right. So that's so this is how he how Ash truly sees himself. Yeah. Is how he sees himself in this movie. Sure. First movie he's a meek weenie. <laughs> he is. He's a, he's a he's a weenie and he, yeah. and he lacks the confidence this Ash does not. Yeah. This this version of Ash, his name's not even Ashley. This is just Ash, just Ash in this movie. Short Yeah, you know, this is Ash Williams, not Ashley Williams, that we get in the first movie. Yeah. So yeah. this whole movie is him replaying out the traumatic events that just happened to him, but in a more exaggerated version. Sure. And then and then and then Army of Darkness is just the next level in that dream. Oh, Inception. Like he's an
1: Inception in. <laughs> he's
0: Inception in, and then. So I can't confirm yet. I should be able to confirm. At least, yeah. Whenever I talk the remake, is then Ash versus Evil Dead though is like real life Ash again, but like thirty years later. Yeah. Um. After the events of the first one, but the second, so the second third movie are both dreams in my
1: in my brain. It's a very um. Uh, it's 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 you got a house of cards here, <laughs> and I feel like the card to go is watching this fan beloved tv show that has you know however many seasons and i feel like it only has gonna, three okay well you i feel like you're going to get past the pilot and you're like oh well, well never mind <laughs> That's, exactly uh my my theory is a lot less um complicated than that <laughs> i think there was a filmmaker and he wanted to make a sequel and instead of recapping what happened in the first one with everybody and bringing everybody back he was just like ah they they You know, they get it. We'll just bring back a couple of them. Like, the first little bit of the movie is, you know, essentially Evil Dead. And then after that, it seems to be Evil Dead Mm -hmm. 2, where you're introduced to new characters and new concepts. And he loses his hand and all that kind of stuff. But it's a fun idea. It's it's fun to kind of toil with that kind of stuff, for sure.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: I I think it's interesting. (laughs) It's a little more (laughs) cynical. He just had no money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's interesting because, like... So to show show my cards here a little bit early, is I thought I was gonna like this one more, or I remember liking this one more yeah. than the original, but I now in rewatching them back to back, I I, I went back on Letterbox. I gave the first one an extra half star. I think I like it more than mm-hmm. this one, but I think that's also because of my feelings about the twenty thirteen yeah. version. Yeah, and I think it makes me appreciate the first one more and then now that i even though the film wanted to lean more comedy i like it more horror leaning sure sure so it's like in the first one you know we get all the build up of the evil dead and like everything so it's like this one yes you do need to still watch the first one because i feel like if you saw this one first like, yeah, like, it'd be fine, and you're not missing out as much. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like if you don't see the first one still with this one, you don't appreciate it as much because, like, they don't build up, like, the Evil Dead in this one it all happens very quickly you know he's like he's killing he's decapitating linda within the first like seven minutes like you know yeah
1: yeah. i think with the evil dead series it it always helps me to imagine like to use food analogies i feel like the first evil dead you've got like a classic pepperoni pizza you know it's the foundation if you can't get a pepperoni pizza right chances are nothing else is probably going to be much better Mm -hmm. and the second one it's a Hawaiian pizza to where it's an acquired taste. It's got a lot more flavor in there. It's very distinctive taste. You like either kind of love it or hate it kind of vibe. And then with the remake, you got like a meat lovers or something like that. Yes. You still got you still got um, kind of pieces of the original, but with just more chunks, <laughs> with, with a lot more of that flavor in there. And I think that that's what's something so fantastic about the Evil Dead franchise is when... You know, you go and watch something like Friday the 13th or something like that. It's like, yeah, you, you've you seen one. You've seen most of them. Like, they've kind of got the similar flavor. Uh, the other episode that we talked about, uh, talked about, Final Destination, also kind of a similar thing, uh, where the appeal of that is the kills. And that's kind of why you go and buy a ticket. But at its core, it's kind of the same thing but with this each movie and in each installment i haven't seen the tv show either but each installment is truly something different and it is a complete mm-hmm. different flavor and so if you want something a bit more campy and fun um, going with the first one but something campy fun but bonkers and way more violent and ridiculous like the second one but the the third one, the the not the third one but the 2013 one uh, seems to be much more of a kind of a straight edge kind of quote unquote serious even though it does have those moments of camp for sure Mm -hmm. uh but it's a lot more disturbing and brutal but i love that one as well and that was my introduction to the franchise and you know i probably wouldn't have gone back and revisited the other one or visited the other ones if i didn't like that one which yeah 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 interesting
0: i do love that analogy pizza analogy (laughs) I, i do love that i'll challenge you on the flavors though okay i would say maybe this one is the supreme pizza Okay. Um, You know the with the extra flourishes on it, and then Army of Darkness would be the Hawaiian.
1: That's fair. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That that's that's what I. But um,
1: and yeah, the uh, 2013 one's definitely the Meat Lovers. Cause yeah, because the second one's the classic one, you know. Mm-hmm. So that can make sense to me how that's like the supreme, you know. You st- like you still got the pepperoni and stuff on there, mm-hmm. but then you add some of the mushrooms and green yeah. peppers and all that. Yeah, I it's like
0: you know. And I, sometimes I, I don't need that. all that. You no, know, sometimes I don't need all that. Sometimes the pepperoni is good with me. Totally. Most of the time, yeah, give me all the meat though. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, so, <laughs> again, show my cards a little early, but give me all the meat. <laughs> we still got two more episodes of this franchise to yeah, get to. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So this one. Um, Again, so I I guess we should start with with Ash, because, again, this is kind of more when people think of Ash, this is the version they're thinking of. Yeah, you know, they're thinking of um, him. I mean, Bruce Campbell gets to, you know, show a little bit of, um, you know, the physical comedy and in in uh, the first one. But I mean, this one, I mean, I have it. I have each like little piece uh, by rounds of Ash just throwing himself around, getting his ass kicked throughout this movie. Yeah. Sometimes by himself. You by know? <laughs> himself. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. Like it is a lot. And, um, I, I like the, the first half of this movie actually a lot of when it is just Bruce Campbell. Like this sure. is, you know, the, the main first half before the other characters come in is just really all focused on Bruce. Um, you know, again, this like kind of plays into my dream theory that he's like having these, you know, moral conundrums about what just happened in the evil dead, right? you know, having to kill his sister and his girlfriend and his friends, you know, like, Oh man, he's, so he's having that moral conundrum. So I like yeah. that we spend At least he's
1: got a good sense of humor about it though. <laughs> exactly. He has a good sense of humor <laughs> in his about dreams. It. He's like, Yeah, I killed my sister, but what if it was funny, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. And in and, and throughout the movie there's, you know, a recurring theme of the evil dead laughing at Ash yeah. as well, mocking yeah. him and uh, lots of laughing at him. So it's like, um, I like the um, you know, internal uh, debate he's having with himself. But of course we um, get to have a lot of fun of him
1: um, physically debating himself as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, uh, he, Bruce Campbell is this, he's an interesting, to me, Bruce Campbell is like, if, if you explained what movies were to like an AI or like you know the idea of a leading man I feel like AI would make someone like Bruce mm-hmm. Campbell he's a very conventionally handsome person uh, in the first movie he's like he's charming and he seems to be kind of like the, the leading man kind of archetype where in this movie he still has those kind of elements particularly in the beginning but once all hell starts to break loose he's really able to come into what we expect to see with Ash like you had talked about he's you know a lot more exaggerated He Bruce mm-hmm. Campbell it seems to be having like such a fun time, just screaming and yelling and making like truly like perfect gifable faces and oh, facial yeah. expressions. There's a lot of really good stuff in here. And when he's, you know, just l- there's the, the 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 scene you're talking about with the laughing, with the lamp and the deer head and all the you know the doors of the kitchen and everything like all like slamming and all laughing at him. He's just got like this crazy face, which is like kind of the face that he makes in this movie. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's. When I was talking about like the unabridged version and kind of the completely raw, filtered version of um, of uh, Evil Dead and, and this whole franchise and what I think it means to a lot of people, this is the version of Ash that they think of. And I think mm-hmm. it really comes through with this movie where he is just like kind of unhinged, to be honest, <laughs> and it really seemed like he was able to just kind of do whatever he wanted to do. And I think it uh, shows up on screen for sure.
0: Oh yeah, like um, we we had talked about similar what you had like literally what you had mentioned about yeah. um him kind of flipping the the typical you know lead man because I mean yeah he does look exactly like that guy. He's got a nice
1: strong jaw, good hair. I mean, you know, but he nice is. But <laughs> then they
0: you know uh make him this bumbling yeah. you know idiot in a way yeah and um but still allowing him to keep that charm as well um is just like such a it's like. Again, one of those performances that like only Bruce Campbell could kind of do, it's something so very distinct. And there's a reason that like, you know, that Ash is such a like distinct iconic character. Like, you know, like when you say Ash Williams, you know, you're immediately thinking chainsaw on his hand you're thinking a shotgun you're thinking of him doing his eyebrow twitches you know like that's what you're thinking
1: of you know it's interesting because in the past i i think it's on even one of my letterbox reviews of like new nightmare i had said that and i stand by this to a degree um i had said that robert england is the In my opinion, is one of, if not the only irreplaceable actor who portrays like an iconic character in horror. You would maybe think, like, what about Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs? It's like, well, there's a pretty great Hannibal TV show a lot of people love, and he's playing a different version. And also, Anthony Hopkins wasn't the first person to play, you know, that uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter. I would hear an argument for Bruce Campbell as Ash, like, because I really can't think of a lot of other actors who could do this well. Maybe we also haven't really seen it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to, you know, it all be based on hypotheticals, but I would be curious to see of like another person take a crack at this if they were to do like some kind of reboot or something like that, uh, which I don't think that they will do. Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV show, seemed to be kind of the the swan song of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would totally be willing to hear an argument for why Ash deserves to be on that rather short list of like, irreplaceable iconic horror characters
0: yes like i i completely agree um because yeah again there's just something it's the combination of like yeah he has that every look but there's not uh somebody that can replicate just like that specific performance yeah the uh, uh only other name that i can think of off the top of my head that also belongs on that list is um brad dorif as chucky yeah um, he has been Chucky for all seven movies and yeah we had the 2019 version say
1: not a big Mark Hamill guy
0: <laughs> well the 2019 version of Child's Play that is not Chucky That that's Buddy oh that's true And it's not it's not a doll possessed by a serial killer that put yeah. himself in there by voodoo it's like microchips and stuff yeah yeah